Hello and welcome to Wacky Teacherpreneurs episode six. I can't believe we're already a half a dozen eggs into this carton of wackiness and and wild business ideas and tips. We're so happy to have you here today. Today's episode is going to be all about uh, scaling your business and what that even means. We're going to go over six different methods. Amanda is going to talk about a really cool book that she's been reading that kind of tips this idea of scaling on its head. I think you're really going to like that. I'm going to give you a free resource towards the end of the episode that could be rather life-changing. It could be something that you use the rest of your life and it's totally free. Welcome to the Wacky Teacherpreneurs Podcast. Your hosts, Jess and Amanda, have been friends and teacherpreneurs for years. Along with their successes, they've had lots of failures, foibles, and fumbles. And now, they're here to share it all with you. Stay tuned for some funny times and awesome business insights. Let's go behind the scenes of their teacher businesses now. Raw, unfiltered, real. Let's get started. Amanda, do you want to tell us about this cool book? Sure. So, uh, you know, we think about scaling as really growing and making lots and lots more money. And sometimes that can be scary. And I definitely have been scared of growing. I really have to be completely honest. I mean, of course I would love to make lots of money, but all the responsibilities that that might entail and all of the different things that I might neglect in my life in order to scale scares me. And so I was listening to an episode actually I was drawn to an episode, of course, uh, by my favorite superhero entrepreneur, Pat Flynn, and his episode in this episode, we'll link it in the show notes, uh, was about um, this book. He interviewed this author, Paul Jarvis, and he wrote a book called Company of One, and that really uh, piqued my interest because I don't want some huge company, you know, like I don't want to hire a bunch of people and I don't want to neglect my family life and my mental health. Not that scaling causes you to do that, but you do have to, you you do it. I mean, you do it when you want to do one thing, you know, you have to neglect something else in your life and maybe not permanently, but temporarily. And I don't necessarily want that. And so this book was so interesting because like you said, it kind of turns scaling on its head because it's all about how to run a company of one. And and sometimes it's not possible to scale, especially if you're a full-time teacher. And if you're doing too many things, it's it's hard. And so I, I just want to read a little like description of this book uh, just to give people a taste of, of this. So what if the real key to a more fulfilling career was not to scale up, but to work for yourself and become a successful and sustainable company of one? 
The New York Times bestselling author of Deep Work, Cal Newport, calls this book a must read for any entrepreneur who prioritizes a rich life over riches. Company of One refers offers a refreshingly original business strategy that's focused on a commitment to being better instead of bigger. And so we yes, we are going to share in this episode ways to grow and, and get bigger. Um, but I, I just want to put that seed of an idea in people's minds that like, you don't just, you don't always have to like grow, 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 you know, like you can grow to whatever you want. And I don't necessarily want to be a multi-million dollar company. So yeah, there you go. Something to think about. Yeah, I really like that uh, having a rich life over riches. I think that that's really good. And people are always talking about, especially teachers or teacher entrepreneurs are always talking about work-life balance because as a teacher, sometimes work-life balance doesn't really exist. And that's the problem with the profession right now. And I think that's why people start their own businesses because they're just thinking, wow, there has to be more to life than like constantly being stressed out about all of these to-dos. And so I really like that is I really, I do believe that when you're thinking about your business and maybe you're worrying about money, you need to have your own definition of like, what does a rich life look to you? Like, because it doesn't necessarily mean having a million dollar business always or riches, right? It just might be like a level of comfort where you can do things that you find enjoyable that are nurturing your goals and your life. And I, to me right now, what we're doing feels like a rich life. Like I just love seeing that little mole on your cheek. (laughs) Do I have one? Oh, it's like, because of the the filter yeah so jess and i again we're recording this on zoom go check out our youtube channel because we have these costumes on that are hilarious and jess has this red beret and a mole that goes with the red beret and it's like under her eye it's adorable but it's funny because if she moves a certain way it like moves off her face um and earlier you were talking about eggs And I thought, wow, that's so appropriate because we have a half a dozen episodes, half a dozen eggs, and um, I'm the Easter bunny right now in some grass. So that's, I don't know. But a rich life to me is being able to like have fun with my friends, you know, like that's really important. My friendships are so important to me and being able to be silly and be myself and be weird and wacky. Like that is definitely something that I would put on my list of like what a rich life looks like and being able to see you more often. I want to see my teacherpreneur friends in person more often. Yes, I agree. Yeah. All right. So do you want to start with, you know, when we're, we're talking about trying to scale businesses, what do we, what do we mean? We mean making more money. These are some methods that people have done in teacherpreneur life to make more money. And I know that number one on our list is something that Amanda currently does. So do you want to explain this one? Sure. So we're going to talk about six methods to scale, to grow your business and yeah, make more money. 
Uh, and so the first thing that I'm doing, so I'm taking a leave of absence this year. And one thing that I'm really focusing on and prioritizing is bundling, making bigger products um, in my Teachers Pay Teachers store uh, and also making courses. So Jess and I, through our wacky teacherpreneur business, this brand new business, we have some plans in uh, the works with uh, making kind of mini courses and then bundling them together. And I think teacherpreneurs can do that too. Uh, they can make mini courses and then bundle them together or make one big giant course. Um, but yeah, and and so I'm not only using Teachers Pay Teachers, I'm also using Kajabi to kind of make this process work. But I started out with really big products. And so right now I'm breaking them apart, but I'm also combining all the big products into a huge, enormous product. And I just did that recently uh, on Teachers Pay Teachers for the first time. So we'll see. I'll update you how on how that goes with scaling. Yeah, most people start making small products because it's easier to make small products. But Amanda goes about things a little differently than other people. Her products are pretty amazing. I've been to her webinars where she's selling these bigger product bundles. And I'm like, wow, how can I do that? So sometimes you can get a lot of ideas by following your peers and not copying what they're doing, especially if you're selling the same type of products, but just kind of admiring what kind of work they've put out into the world. And that's what I did this last week as I went to all of Amanda's webinars to just kind of see what are Amanda's bundles and what are these big products? How is she doing this? Because I have never sold a product more than $50. I've never sold a product more than 50. And those would be some courses that I've made in the past. I've done some consulting work for between 100 and 200, but I've never had a big product. So, and that's, that's something, you know, that you can, you can start to look at your store, your product line, what you make and start to sort of let your mind wander and start to dream of what would my big product look like? And it would have to solve a big problem. That's what I learned from watching Amanda this week. Yeah. And the big problem that a, I think most teachers have is like a lack of time to plan and grade and, uh, and they really want to engage their students and interest their students, but it's hard because then they're going to have to do a lot of research and look on Pinterest and teachers pay teachers to find engaging lessons and things. And so being able to be engaging, but also save pl um, your planning time those are the two big issues that I'm trying to solve for people is I have a whole year's worth of workshop curriculum that teachers can edit uh, and adapt. And when I say workshop, I mean, all the things that are related to the reading and writing workshop method. So mini lessons, mentor text, um, conferencing tools, assessment tools, uh, charts, choice boards, just all the things that encompass what a workshop classroom needs. And so, you know, like I think a lot of teachers, like I know Jess, you make a lot of social studies products. Did you not bundle those or? 
Well, my main product line, which I whipped out over one summer, seven years ago, just being honest, I made these research packages for each one of the 50 states. And then I bundled all 50 states. And I really don't sell the bundle for that much. I should up the price of it. But I am always looking at, you know, my competitors, how much are they charging for all 50 states? I feel like my bundle, my my research package is different because I've included websites and a lot of research uh, that have gone that's gone into them. But that's really my only bundle are the 50 states. I haven't gone beyond that. And I have I always have ideas for how I can go beyond that. But I never like it wasn't until I went to your webinar where I got a more clear picture of what I could actually do. It was very exciting. I highly recommend it. You got to get yourself a friend like Amanda. Wow. I I feel I can't. I, it's hard for me to accept compliments. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it's funny. I have like I have like dissociative patterns in my life when someone gives me a compliment like I don't even know what to say I'm like embarrassed <laughs> well it was just, thank you it was so good and inspiring and I loved how Amanda did these webinars there were 50 teachers from all over the world she had someone from Japan and her audience and and she has this huge bundle and I was thinking to myself you sell this giant bundle for, can I say the price? Is it yeah. okay? Uh huh. It's $360. Right? Yeah, $362. Yes. And I was thinking that you only need to sell 10 of those, whereas my my average product is about $3.50. <laughs> and I need to sell a thousand of those. And how much harder is it for me to sell a thousand products than for you to get on? and try to sell 10 of yours. I mean, we would make the same amount of money, but I think this is just something to think about. If you're a small business owner, start thinking about how much, how much do you sell your products for? And is it possible to bundle or could you think on that? And I, and I had so many good ideas just watching you and how you've bundled your own teachers pay teachers products and your own uh, reading and writing workshop products, I was like, whoa. And it just came to me exactly what I need to bundle and what I need to do. And it's totally different. It's totally different than your your niche, right? I have my own niche, but I was like, oh, this is how you do it. So yeah, just that that I had no idea until I went and which is why I wanted to go to your webinar before we did this episode. So I would kind of know more about this making big products category that we're talking about. Now I understand. Yeah. Well, the other thing to keep in mind though, is like the more expensive it is, the more you're going to have to be in contact with the customer. Um, and the more transparent you're going to have to be on your teachers pay teacher store with your previews and like definitely having a, a video preview, having a regular preview, having those thumbnails, like really display everything you possibly can and be super transparent about what they're actually getting. Cause no one's going to pay that amount of money unless they know they have a guarantee that it's worth it, you know? Uh, so I think that's, that's key. Should we go to number two? We could probably talk about, we should yes. have a whole other episode about bundling. 
Yes. Um, so I do have some to say about number two as well. Yeah. Selling on different platforms. So that's the second way to scale. Yes. And that's kind of what you've done is that you took your teachers pay teachers products and now you're selling them is it through WooCommerce on your own website? Is that how you host them or yeah, so, that in the past? Or? So I sell on, yeah, I, I use my website and my shop on my website. I use a WooCommerce, which is a plugin, but I also sell, I also have those products in Kajabi um, and they're in the digital library for workshop teachers who join for $362. They'll, they'll get everything. Um, which I don't know, there, there's problems with having your product on many different platforms because you're kind of competing with yourself when it comes to like SEO and stuff. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I still think, I mean, I'm pro having it in multiple places because if one website goes down, I know so many teachers pay teacher sellers that when TPT goes down, which it does, or they're having problems with TPT, Customer service is not the best on Teachers Pay Teachers right now for sellers. If you are a seller on Teachers Pay Teachers, you have to put in this help desk ticket and it's a format that looks like it's from 1999. It's very obtuse and you can't just call a hotline and get help. Can't call 1-800 number. There's no one there to help you. And I had a friend this week right before the Teachers Pay Teachers sale Something went horribly wrong with her biggest bundle. None of her products would work right before the sale. And this was like a really big day for her. And she couldn't get a hold of anyone for many, many, many hours. Whereas I feel like you have a lot more control over what's happening on your own website. She could have flipped the coin if she had all of those big bundles on her website. She could have just started advertising like, hey, I'm going to have you know, I know the TPT sales coming, but if you want any of these big bundles from me, go to my website. At least you would have, I think you should at least have two places that you're making an offer. Yeah. Well, you opinion. never know. Customers come from all over the place. You know, they come from YouTube. They come from, you know, like Googling a search term. They come from teachers pay teachers, searching teachers pay teachers. They come from Pinterest. So yeah, I think and and they some listen to podcasts and they hear about products and they're like, oh, I'm going to go find that and buy it. So, yeah, I think just like we differentiate in our classrooms as teachers, I think, yeah, having selling on different platforms is like differentiation. And we and we mentioned five ways of selling on different platforms, WooCommerce, Shopify, Etsy and Etsy is really would be best if you sell planners or classroom decor. Uh, people aren't searching for lesson plans on Etsy, but a lot of people make planners, especially digital planners are very successful on Etsy. Boom cards, that's the flashcard site where you could be taking your content and putting it on there. People don't make as much on boom cards as they do on Teachers Pay Teachers, but I do know some people that make a thousand to 2000 a month on boom cards. It's something, it's something available to you to look at and then making physical products. And I do know people who print out all of their TPT products and sell them as physical products now because they just, they just look nicer, especially if you do bulletin board designs or anything visual for kids to look at, people are more likely to buy it if they can actually see the physical 
copy of it. And people are selling the physical copies, not only on their own website and social media, but Facebook marketplace. It is a hot place to sell anything, any kind of physical product. You could have a binder full of your mini lessons and sell it on Facebook marketplace. People will buy a lot on there and you're reaching, you're reaching everyone in your city that's on Facebook. It's pretty cool. That is cool. Okay. So I just wanted to verify what you said about Etsy and not buying lessons. So I just actually, I just searched Etsy for teaching writing lessons. I don't know if people would actually search that teaching writing lessons, but I did find, yes, a lot of planners, but I did find a lot of elementary resources for teaching writing. Like I found summer review, first grade to second grade, no prep, 50 pages. It has a lot of reviews. It has 294, but I looked and I was like the filters, I was trying to play with the filters and there's nowhere that you can look for grade levels unless you actually search that. So let me, because this looks like mostly elementary. And I wonder if some of this stuff is like homeschool, like parents looking oh there's a women's women's history coloring and activity pack on on etsy we didn't even mention the homeschool market is so huge if you want to try to tap into a new market a lot of homeschool parents do not they i'm gonna say they're a little if they're untrusting of school districts and they want to homeschool for certain reasons Are they going to go to a website called Teachers Pay Teachers, (laughs) right? Like they might not be so trusting. And so that would be an interesting thing for us to research someday is where, where do homeschool parents, like if they need a supplemental material, do they always go to Teachers Pay Teachers or are there other places they go to? I can't wait. So I'm going, I am going to homeschool my daughter this year. She's about to be in third grade. And I'm going on that homeschool journey and I'm, I'm tapped into homeschool networks in the Bay area. Like I joined this Facebook group, I'm going to play dates and I've been talking to them about this stuff. So maybe we should do an episode about like what homeschool parents are looking for and what they're struggling with. I could totally do some research market research for people um because that is some that's a place i want to tap into as well for my my products like helping homeschool moms or usually it's moms teach their kids uh writing because i think that is a huge struggle and a huge market and i almost yeah anyways i think we're jumping ahead so yeah we're getting too excited step three yeah, should, let's, what, let's wait, what about, if we did four? Sorry, scaling with number four, because this is related. Okay. And then we can go back to number three. Sure. Okay. So number four is find bigger markets, or we might want to change that to find different markets. Yes. Like homeschool, so, the homeschooling market. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So right now there are something like 4 million teachers that shop on Teachers Pay Teachers. That is a big pool of customers. But if you think about there's 4 million teachers, how many parents are there in the world? Way more parents than teachers. Like, I don't even know how many parents there are. I think something like 70 or 80% of adults are a parent in some way. That's a lot of people. So talking about this homeschool market, that's exciting. And then we have 
we just listed schools in general. And I know TPT for schools, a lot of sellers did not want to put their products into this catalog. Teachers Pay Teachers as a catalog you can enter your products into. I make a big percentage of my money from TPT for schools. I'm like, whatever. I made that seven years ago. They want to buy it? Sure. (laughs) Right? I opted in. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. I opted in, but I have no idea how it's impacting me. Oops. I should probably look into that. That would be good. And then we have school districts for PD. Now, a lot of people make a product because they're an expert in a certain field. They feel really passionate about it. I always recommend this to people. Come up with a 30-minute, 60-minute, and half-day presentation for what your product what problem your product solves. A lot of my products have to do with research, building research skills, and they have to do with high engagement in the classroom. So if I were following this advice myself, which I did a while ago, I put together some presentations where I had, you know, just teaching kids like the importance of how to research in the world of academia, as opposed to just Googling things. Right. And Put these things up on your website that you are available for professional development in this area. And these put together three packages. And I've given this advice to some people that have done it and they're, they come back years later. So grateful. They're like, oh my gosh, I put together my three time slots, right? That I can come in and I can do a quick spiel for a half an hour, like at a, um, an after school meeting, I can come in and do like an hour presentation during an all-day PD, or I can do a half-day PD, right? And they actually get, they they get jobs that way just by putting it out there. They make slide decks or Google slideshows or PowerPoints or keynote presentations, and they make some handouts and schools hire them. They hire them, they give them money to come in. And a lot of it is just, expanding on like what their product is about so then they're kind of double selling their product a little bit it's Uh, very cool it's very cool this is something oh my goodness yeah that I want to do but it's super scary I think it's scary and I've done well I've done pds for my school before and I loved it I, I loved doing it but it was with other teachers I was in a group multiple times I've done it in a group of teachers and so just doing it all by myself and like having a school who has nothing to do with the school I worked for hire me, I guess I just have this feeling of imposter syndrome, which is totally normal, I realize. But I feel like who would listen to me? I'm just Amanda, you know, like you what are, do I have, what do I have so to say? You're so good on your webinars though. You're so good. You need to have more confidence and faith in yourself yeah. because if I was a principal, I would be like, well, we're doing reading and writing workshop this year, but the teachers aren't doing very well with it. They're having a hard time understanding all of the materials we bought. And I would hire someone like you to come in and just make it really easy and streamlined for them. Even if you came in with a one hour, one of your webinar presentations, right? Like you just came in with one of those. It would really, really help teachers during their PLCs. And yeah, if I, if I had a PD budget, 
Like, and I know a lot of principals, they don't, they don't have money for professional development, but a lot of them do. A lot of them have a percentage. I would definitely hire you. It would be like the school's budgets are so big. They're huge. I know some people that they get paid five figures to go in for one day. Wow. 10 to $12,000. Here you go. Thanks for coming in. I'm not interested in traveling. Like that is one thing that I'm not. You do live in a big, big city though. True. I will travel travel around the Bay Area. But like I have had people ask me to do PD like over Zoom and I've, I've said no. I know. And it's because I don't know what to charge. It's because I need to come up with some sort of package and put a button on my website and just see what happens. Just do it. Just come up with three presentations, three prices, throw it up there. And then when people ask, at least you have it as an option and you're ready. And you already have those beautiful slide decks. You could just change them a little bit uh, for to match the needs of a school that's actually paying you for your time. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. So good. So, oh, so what are we, I lost track. Okay. Oh, and then Facebook ads. That's a way of, like I said, that Facebook marketplace, you can sell physical products through Facebook marketplace. You can also sell digital ones. You can really sell anything you want, but also Facebook ads is kind of like reaching everybody on Facebook, right? You can reach so many more people and you do your whole webinar mainly through Facebook ads, right? Like that's how you get new people People. to sign up for your webinars. Yes. But I am going to start because I'm staying home this year. I am going to start utilizing social media more uh, to get new people. Uh, But yeah, if you're like, I was really short on time, you know, and so I just wanted new people quickly. I wanted to have more exposure to new people, because a lot of people have no idea who the heck I am. Like, you know, I'm not some big social media, what are they called? Influencers or whatever. Um, and so, you know, I'm just a little, little tiny fish that no one really knows who they are yet. Um, and so Facebook ads has really been a powerful way for me to to meet new teachers and, and get more exposure. It costs money, though. <laughs> Um, let's go to hiring help. That's the yeah, next let's go, top, let's like, go backwards to scale. When, when I I was reading a business journal earlier today and it had three steps for scaling right now. And this was one of the three steps. I kind of kind of took it out of the list and we put it back up here. But hiring help, it doesn't some people, some people that are teachers pay teachers sellers have a team of a dozen people working for them now. They have scaled their businesses into multi-million dollar enterprises. That doesn't mean that that's the direction you need to go. When we're talking about hiring for help, it can really mean something simple like, Amanda, do you want to do A and B and then I'll do C? (laughs) Yeah. So one thing that my husband and I just, there's a lot of tension around our yard. It's ugly. Our grass is dead. I mean, we're in a serious drought in California here. Um, And so we don't water anything. The weeds go crazy. We have ivy and blackberry coming at us from all sides, from our neighbors. And like, I really do enjoy gardening and I enjoy pulling weeds. It's meditative for me. My husband hates yard work. He hates, detests it. 
And, you know, I ask him to help and he does it begrudgingly. And I've been like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And it never happens. And it's a headache and it's an eyesore and it looks horrible. So we're hiring. We are, we haven't done it yet, but I have lots of business cards of, of maintenance, like yard maintenance and it's cheap and like monthly, like having someone come monthly. And that's like off my plate now. Um, We have never hired a maid. Uh, I'm a pretty big, clean freak, organizing freak, but like, it would be really nice to have like a maid come once a month to dust and just do things that I don't like and mop. I don't really do that. (laughs) And things like that. Um, And it would just, yeah. So when we say hiring help, we don't necessarily mean even help for your specific business. It could be help for life, you know, that takes things off your plate. Or it could be for your business. A lot of people hire in the teachers pay teachers world and the teacher entrepreneur world. It's a very hot topic to hire uh, virtual assistants to help you do different things. And I actually had my own virtual assistant and I had someone working for me for maybe like six months to a year. Um <laughs> And it was one of my Facebook friends. She had posted on her Facebook, hey, I'm looking to make like $100 a week to do some, you know, I can do anything on the computer, right? And I was like, oh, $100 a week. What would I have her do? Or I don't know if it was some weeks it was like 50, some weeks it was 100. And I was like, wow, like, like I could probably come up with a million things for you to do to help grow my Teachers Pay Teachers store. And so... Yeah, she helped me and it was wonderful. I had some things that I just didn't have time to do. Like I talked about my 50 States project. I really wanted to find cool websites that were kid friendly with minimal commercials and pop-ups that would help them answer questions and just better websites than what I had suggested, which were these really broad search engines. Like websites that would be very specific for what's found in my products, very tailored to each page of my product. And that was one thing she worked on. She found a really cool websites for every single page of this thousand page product of mine. And that was just like, for a while, I think, you know, when I was having slow season, I think I only paid her a hundred dollars a month maybe. And that would be like during the summertime, $25 a week. And she'd just pop on on Fridays, do a little research. Maybe she'd write like half a blog post. Sometimes she would post in one of my Facebook groups. I had one called fifth grade teachers and she would just go post a couple things in there. So, and it really like, I still have all the work she's done. I, like I said, we, she only worked for me for like six months to a year. I can't remember uh, how long it was. And she kind of moved on to different things, but I would totally do it again. Obviously it's a little easier when you know the person and you have a rapport built with them, but there are these Facebook groups that are full. You could just look up teachers, pay teachers, virtual assistants or TPT VAs or just VAs in general. And they're just all these like thousands of people looking for jobs and it's compared to what they can do for you and the time they can save you and the the value they add on to your products it 
it's far outweighs like the prices they charge for things. And a lot of them charge between $15 and $25 an hour. And I mean, they can really help. They can really help your business. And you can just kind of go with the budget you have. Like at one point, you know, I was like, I can pay you $400 a month. And then other points, I was like, you know, December is really slow. Are you okay with this amount? You know, you could kind of like negotiate like what you're able to, what you're able to do that month with the ebb and flow of your business. It doesn't always have to be a certain amount. And yeah, it was really cool. It was a good experience. Um, There's another uh, source to find VAs um, because, you know, the amount, like the worth of, there's a a website. I'm going to give it to you right now. It's onlinejobs.ph. And the value of money here is different from the value of money in the Philippines. And this is actually a source, uh, uh, a place you can find a VA in the Philippines. And honestly, like what you pay as little as it might be is a lot of money over in the Philippines. And so I, I, I again, heard about this website from Smart Passive Income. I think he interviewed the guy that started this company and it's really awesome. Um, and I've been considering, uh, hiring a VA through this, but my family keeps helping me. So I hired my brother for a little while right now. My mom wants to make some extra, she's retired and she wants to make some extra pocket change. So yeah, you might, you know, just, just to try it out, like hire family. I mean, there's all sorts of issues around that too. Um, but just to test it out, it might, might be a good place to start. Okay, so are we done talking about hiring help? Do we have anything else to say about that? Yeah. Do we want to move on to number five? Yes. Developing multiple streams of revenue. And we've talked about this on past episodes. Uh, So do you want to talk about this, Jess, or do you want me to? I feel like you've done everything on this list, right? Uh, Not necessarily. I'm kind of dabbling in coaching. I actually... So I sell on TPT, I sell on my website, I have courses on Kajabi, and then now I have Wacky Teacherpreneurs. Uh, and also I'm considering coaching and you're lighting some light bulbs in my brain about PD for schools. That's a lot, you know? And so I think, you know, start slow, but I do think if you want to make a lot of money, if you want to quit teaching someday, you are going to have to kind of tap into multiple places. I mean, you don't have to though. Like if you want to grow slow, really focus your energy on one for a while as you see growth and then add on another one, you know, because I think doing too many things at once is a bad idea. Yeah. And I've always heard that you can only chase, chase and catch one rabbit at a time. Like you have all of these, (laughs) I guess you're Right now, Amanda has a rabbit uh, filter on. So you remind me of this, but so, and that was one of the best tips I ever got in my business. Just get really, really good at one thing and know what you're doing with it before you start chasing other rabbits, like get one rabbit, nurture it, grow the rabbit before you let it go. It doesn't mean you can't have multiple interests, but figure out what you're doing with one thing at a time. And what I've seen a lot of teachers pay teacher sellers do is they develop a product line um, or teacher entrepreneurs. They develop a product line and maybe it has to do with math. And then they 
find out where people, you know, how does it take off? What are people excited about that they know about math and that they can help about math? And then they develop some sort of course or membership where they're helping teachers solve this math problem. (laughs) Not an actual math problem, but a problem they have when they're teaching math, an area of math, resources for math. So I see it kind of develop from a product line into a course or a membership. And then after that is where they flip it into PD for schools, becoming a coach, uh, just using that expertise from their one product line and expanding it a bit to create those multiple streams of revenue. And really, you're going to create the most money for yourself when you come off as an expert in one big area. Like people are going to get very excited and they're going to start thinking about you when they mention this area. This has been happening to me as I've been moving into library. I'll get people writing me saying, are you following these two people? You have to follow these two people. They know everything there is to know about library. And I'm always like, you know, like some people that like some people do know everything that they're doing with a certain topic, but some people are just kind of like putting it out there, you know, into the universe. That's how you get it out. Right. Like, I'm like, wow, some people have become experts just by kind of saying, I'm an expert. This is everything that I have having to do with this one little topic. And so I always think there's so many librarians though. Why these two? But it's because they've been They've been doing this, right? They've been creating product lines. They've been creating courses. They've been creating, they they do PD in the library. So like, this is how they've become these experts that everybody's recommending. And then they're making money on all those different things. But it takes a while to build up to that. I don't want to overwhelm you, but just know like, maybe you're getting a little burnt out on like hustling on TPT all day long, you're after after hours on your weekends, there's other things that you could diversify into and and still be using those exact same skills and still talk about what you really want to talk about. But you don't have to. And I really no. think that if you're teaching full time and you have kids, you know, you're a mom. Um, you know, and I don't have to do PD. I can say no. I can say nope. I draw the line. I'm focusing on bundles right now. <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. That's my rabbit right now is, well, that's your wacky, rabbit. But wacky teacherpreneurs is my silly rabbit that is really fun to play with. Like <laughs> it is. And I talk about getting really, really good at one thing. And then we're both doing wacky teacherpreneurs. I know I'm not following my own advice. I know, but it's fun. But and it's we fun. said that part of the reason we were going to do this is because we just enjoy talking about this stuff and being silly. And speaking of that, like TikTok, I've been going on TikTok. My plan is to post on TikTok. That's another rabbit. So I'm chasing a few, a few rabbits, but I'm at home and I'm not getting gearing up for back to school or any of that, you know, so I can, I have that bandwidth, uh, but I'm posting on TikTok once a day for 30 days just to play around with it. And at first I was like, oh my God, I'm so, this is so stupid. I don't get this. This is annoying. Oh, it was kind of frustrating, but by day five, I'm like getting the hang of it. I have like drafts, like five days I've planned in advance. Yeah. And like, I mean, I'm not finding success. Like I have a lot of, I'm sorry, I'm going off the cuff here a little bit, but I have a lot of, um, 
oops, I'm on TikTok right now. So I have a lot of posts that are getting a lot of views and not likes. And like, there's part of me that's like, no one likes me. But I think it's because they're just like, this isn't what I need. Mm -hmm. And they're scrolling because it's being pushed out to random people. And so I'm not letting it get to me. Like, I'm like, oh, well, I like it. I think it's good. I think it's funny. And I can go back and delete it later when we're like big time TikTokers. So I don't know, just pick what you're going to focus on for a month, you know, and just chase that one thing. Yeah. I think one month is good to kind of focus on something new to see if it even works for you. And like Amanda said, maybe, maybe you'll develop those PDs and then just decide it's not for you. But I think it's good to have options out there because as your business grows, people are going to be asking you for more and more. And when you have the options to give them, that's where you're going to start to see the growth when you have more options. Yeah. Um, do we want to move on to the very last one? Yeah. So six way to scale. Yes. So I looked up and I was reading this business journal about how do you scale right now? Like, where do you even start? If this all feels overwhelming, you're just like, they're talking about maids and yard work and TPT schools and rabbits. I can't with these two. What a bunch of wackadoos. Well, here's, here's what you can kind of walk away with right now is that One, you could find yourself a mentor if you're just like, this is all very overwhelming. Sure, I'll go do these 25 things that you two say that you don't even do yourself. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to go do that right now. I'll get that right on that, ladies, whatever. Well, you could you could find yourself a mentor. And I was wondering, how do people find mentors? I've had a couple and I haven't found them through this. I found them through social media, but I did, I did find a really cool resource for you called scores. It's all capital letters, S C O R E S. And it is a free organization for small business owners. And it's where business owners who are really successful volunteer their time to help mentor new business owners. There are 250 chapters around the United States. It's pretty easy. If you live in a, you know, if you live in a sizable city, it's easy to find a chapter. You could start going to the meetings and there's going to be people there who want to sit down with you and hear about your business and give you advice. They have decades of of experience and success and stories that they can we can kind of help guide you when you're hitting a brick wall or where you when you don't know where to go next they can provide a totally different insight for you and I just totally forgot about scores when I was in business school it was like all the rage everyone was talking about it if you go to start your own business you gotta join scores do scores right away scores is gonna save everything for you you're gonna you're gonna not be a flop in five years with scores (laughs) and I totally forgot about it until today I was like oh yeah scores um so that's one thing you could do find a mentor if you don't if you don't click with someone online or in a Facebook group, or you don't know anyone that you could ask questions to. And a lot of people kind of naturally find people as they're asking questions that they can kind of buddy up with and bounce ideas off of. But if you can't, maybe scores would be a cool place for you. 
And then my second, the second thing they said is just look for where you can get help in your business. And we already talked about finding help, but just maybe there's other tasks where you could get a little help either by taking a course to learn more about it, hiring someone to help you, asking, asking for help sometimes. Just look at the the holes in your business where you can get what you need. And then the last tip, something you can walk away with today start blogging about your product, start leaving crumbs out there where people will find you because the more you're talking about it on your website, on a blog, even become a guest blogger, just a million different things you could do. Leave the crumbs out there so people can find you and you're going to kind of snowball more customers your way. You got to drop some breadcrumbs on the internet if you're going to have a successful digital online business. So I was like, yes, I love these tips because they're actionable and they're easy and they really don't cost you much money. That sounds awesome. I'm going to look into this scores thing um, and we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Uh, let's end with how are we, what, what rabbit are we both going to chase this month? How are we planning to scale and grow our own businesses? Do you want to start Jess? What do you, I mean, I know you're starting a new job. Yeah, I am starting a new job. And right now I am struggling with this a little bit because I have people asking me for things that have to do with being in the library book recommendations. And I'm trying to figure out now, how do I, how do I profit from that? So I'm not just spending all my time giving out free advice because that's sort of been one of my downfalls over the years is that I give away so much. I'm such a great resource, but then does it really help my family? Does it, does it help my goals? Do I have, has it grown my business? giving out this kind of free information all the time through social media. I never really tie it to anything. And so right now I'm toying around with, I have a lot of people asking me about these book lists for the seven habits. Seven habits is a really big thing. And obviously I can't sell anything related to the seven habits, but I could, I could be, I did make a product where there's, it's this, it's this pack of uh, graphic organizers. Kids can use them with any picture book. And I, I need to find a way to, to merge what people are asking me for, which are these recommendations for Leader and Me books with the picture book pack that I've already made. I need to find a way to merge the two together. Like I'm trying to figure that out right now is like, how can I do this where I'm going to be giving people what they want, but also supporting something that I've already made and done and believe in. That sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. (laughs) Well, Wendy, I have a question for you. When are you most productive? It kind of varies, but probably in the morning I am. Um, so, I'm probably more of a morning person. I I do need to know I need to wake up a little bit earlier. I dilly dally a lot in the morning and I'm getting a lot of time back in the mornings. I don't have a commute and my school starts later. So I'm getting about an hour of time back each morning. I usually wake up around 530 and I don't have to be to work until 810. That is the big time chunk that I could be using 
to scale my business to the next level where I really have this interest right now in helping people find picture books in this one specific niche. And it's hard because I can't be advertising. Like I can't be putting a leader in me, this and that, but I do have a product that would help them. I do have a picture book product that it's amazing that any teacher can print out these graphic organizers and use them with anything. And they cover all the reading standards. So I need to find a way to do that. And I figure that in the morning before I go to school with this extra hour of time now that I have, and I purposely chose a school closer to my house to cut out my commute. And I purposely chose a school with a later start time. So I would have more time to work on myself in the morning, eat healthy, do a little workout and work on my business. So that's what I'm hoping for this month that I can figure out some sort of balance there. Yeah, I'm most productive in the morning too. And I'm planning, I'm breaking up my day. Uh, so I'm, I'm waking, my husband wakes up really early because he commutes over the San Mateo Bridge, which is like one of the worst commutes in the Bay Area. One of the worst. Um, and so he wakes up super early. And I've been this summer sleeping in till like eight and nine o'clock. And he's up at like 5 a.m. So I'm planning starting soon to wake up with him and work um, for as long as I can. And I'm just going to be typing because I think I like, I'm so fresh and I'm creative and I'm energized. And so creating content, you know, creating, um, new products and, uh, that are related to the big products I already have, like breaking those into smaller chunks. And so I really want to spend the morning doing that, the product creation piece. Um, so that's one way that I'm going to, I'm going to focus on scaling, but also, um, so Jess and I, this is wrapping up our first series and we're calling it the introduction series to the teacher, wacky teacherpreneurs, um, podcast, wacky teacherpreneurs tell it, tell all. And we've been paying attention to our statistics, our podcast statistics, um, cause that's so key, the data, right? And so we've been looking really closely at like which episodes are getting the most downloads because we've done a w- wide variety of topics. And we found that the most popular episode is about marketing. And so one way that we're gonna hopefully grow this podcast, scale this podcast is by doing the next series is the next six episodes, six or seven, maybe is, are going to be all about marketing. So we're going to be diving in to marketing and we're using the statistics, what you all are downloading, the podcast you're downloading to inform our next steps so we can grow, right? There's a bonus scale tip for you. Use the data. What emails are being opened the most? What pro what are your most popular products? What are your what are the episodes that are being downloaded the most? What what uh posts on social media are getting the most likes? Capitalize on that. That's what people like. So keep doing it, right? Yeah. Yes, I agree. And just like we look at the analytics for this podcast, we also do it for our own businesses. And that's how I figure out that people are really interested in these seven habits picture books that go with each one of the seven habits is on Instagram on stories people can give you hearts 
And I get the most hearts when I'm talking about the seven habits or picture books having to do with them. I get so many hearts now. And it's something that's sort of new. And I never, I never paid attention much to who was viewing my Instagram stories, but now I can go and like scroll the hearts. And if I'm seeing a whole bunch on something I'm talking about, I'm like, oh, this is something. And that's the same thing we do with our our TikTok and podcasts and YouTube channel. So I noticed just the other day, some of our YouTube uh, videos are getting more views than others. And yeah. so it's something kind of interesting to look at is just definitely look at the numbers. Yeah, for sure. Um, I love the seven habit. That is one of my favorite all-time favorite books, but that is hard. Like, how do you, what do you, what keywords do you use? So you'll have to keep us updated on what, how you, you have a workaround for that. Like, can you really not use that phrase? Well, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to write blog posts about these books that are great to use with the seven habits. I don't think it's against the law to just write about the seven habits on my blog. And then I'm just going to insert links to my picture book graphic organizers throughout the post. And I'm going to do affiliate links to the Amazon books because I do have an Amazon affiliate account. So I can link the books through my affiliate account, which really, if you sell a book on Amazon, it's three to five cents. <laughs> Yeah. It's it's kind of pitiful, but who knows? Maybe more people than I think are searching for seven habits books. Guess what though? If someone adds one of those books to their cart and, and then they, they buy add, other stuff. Yes, they add, you know, a lawnmower. I don't know. I'm thinking yard work here. Yeah, I did an experiment where every week I showed a bunch of stuff I bought on Amazon, like a lamp, some masks, this, that. And then I just did links for every single thing I showed. And that I learned very quickly that you get credits for everything people go shopping for. And sometimes I'd be like, whoa, I can't believe people are buying this. Like there must be like really wacky things that I never, like never talked about, but I would be getting the credits for. And I do know a couple of teachers on Instagram, they make more on their Amazon affiliate links than they do teaching right now because people trust their, their opinion so much. I never have. Every time I do it, I'm just being fully transparent. I make about $25. Me I too. $25 from the links. And I'm like, all right, well, I mean, getting $100 from Amazon a month, it's not that bad. I'm not going to complain. Um, but I, I'd like it to be, I think if I put it in my blog posts, that maybe I would... I would be scaling that Amazon revenue a little bit than just having it up for 24 hours in a story. I, I would have a little more evergreen. Maybe I'd get a little roll going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with it. So I, I, I have links clicked in my blog posts. Um, and those live forever, right? So when someone Googles your blog post keywords, suddenly they're on a post that has Amazon affiliate links. And so I think that could be a snowballing scaling opportunity as well. well. We are full of them today. Yeah, we are. We've told all. I think this episode is long enough. Yes. <laughs> so we look forward to uh, publishing this and getting out our next series of episodes all about marketing for teacherpreneurs, specifically tailored to your experiences. So let's say bye-bye.
Bye until next time. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to this extremely serious episode brought to you by some truly wacky teacherpreneurs. Visit our website, wackyteacherpreneurs.com, to get more support growing your business. Please leave us a five-star review. And remember, if you share this podcast with ten other people, you'll have good luck forever. <laughs> <laughs>